Hello. Was that the Wallace and Gromit theme? No, it was the weekend. to episode 19, which Andrew prefers me to say. Yeah, I'm glad that you've taken up the proper episode mm-hmm. numbering system. Oh, I'm learning, I'm learning, so. Good. Yeah, um, yeah episode 19, yeah, it's season Wednesday. two. It is Wednesday. here to cast our pods. Yes, like a pair of podcasters, right? Yep, that's what I said. Cool, let's hit the music. Oh no, wait. Oh, we had our intro. You've, you've, you've fucked up there, <laughs> haven't you, Sunshine? Oh, what do we do? Well, just cut, cut the bit out where I said hit the music. Yeah, yeah. So, let's okay. On. So, what's been going on this week for you, Andrew? Um, actually, to be honest, not a whole lot because I've been ill, basically. Yeah. And still ill. Yeah. I've blood tests and chest X-rays and God knows what else and. Still feel pretty shit. So, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, so, well, on a lighter note, not just so everyone's not going to get bummed out that you've got the plague. Um, should wish our good friend yeah. Sam Edwards a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Sam! You man. <laughs> you man of he's thirty now. Good God. Yeah. So uh, we're we're going to pop out and see him later. I think after we've recorded this. I think it would be the right thing to do. Lucky Sam. Yeah, lucky Sam. Um, also, this podcast will be going out um, at a time when Emma Agnew and James Chambers will have yeah, been, finally been... tied the matrimony. Exactly, lot. yeah. So we should also congratulate... Very big congratulations, yes. chaps, guys. And in advance, I'll say we had a lovely day. You look stunning. You look like you enjoyed yourselves. And you put on a fine spread. <laughs> so, basically, yeah. basically that. Yeah, um, uh, I went to see Pussifer yesterday. That's that's news. Was that, was that good? Oh yes. <laughs> Did you expect me to say anything else? No, not really. Got to see my hero for the first time in the flesh and hear him sing and be in the same room as he sung, and it was bonerific. Well, mm. I'm sure Maynard would be delighted to know that. Yeah, and um, also got to see my first live wrestling event at the gig as well. That's true. It's kind of a bonus. Yeah, you should probably explain to the yeah. Audience. They had um, for anyone that's interested or likes Pussyfar, go and see them because um, it was one of the most interesting live shows I've ever been to. They started um, with an actual like wrestling show, um, which was fucking epic, and then had um, some intervals of music and then some more wrestling, and then the wrestlers became dancers and started dancing to some of the music towards the end. But yeah, they were phenomenal, and I won't go on about it for too much Does longer. Does Maynard but... have like a thing for wrestling? Because I seem to recall a while ago, two appeared on a WWE event, didn't they? Did they? Oh, this is a while ago. Oh, I think Adam. No. Oh, Adam, about... Adam Jones. Ad... Did. Yeah, Adam Jones did something, didn't he? I can't. I'm not yeah. sure what though. 
Oh, I couldn't remember whether it was two or just one of them. Or... Uh, I don't think it was the whole man. But yeah, anyway. Well, there you go. Yeah, um, got quite a few, well, got quite a lot actually this week, quite a lot of questions. Excellent. A bumper bundle. Yes, indeed. Um, so I'm going to dive in. I've got, I'm going to ask um, this question first because I'm proud of her. It's Mel, Melissa Half Pint. Hi, Mel. Um, last week, she, the question was, why can I never think of any bloody questions? But this week, she's got a question that you're going to love. Good. And I know this. Um, she says, how can people hate Marmite? She said, and she added she was currently eating Marmite on toast. Well, Mel, basically they're very evil people. <laughs> That's my answer. Yeah, you should stay away from people that don't like Marmite. Yeah, I'm going to say this, though, and I feel like I have to repeat this every time the conversation comes up. Okay. Which is, people who don't like Marmite typically are applying it incorrectly. Yeah, and I had a feeling you'd say this. Yeah. You, well, you... It, needs, it needs repeating. The idea is you just kind of put enough on, um, you know, just sort of on the edge of the knife, and with the edge of the knife, just scrape it very, very thin layer onto yeah. the bread, or your crumpet, or whatever it is you're eating. Yeah, right? yeah. The problem mostly arises from the fact that people are treating it like it's Nutella, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. And I love Marmite as much as the next person who loves Marmite. Yeah, yeah. But even I would think that was hideous. Yeah, that would be too much. You know? I can only handle it's, a little It's meant bit. as sort of like something you're meant to, you know, use. In, it's, like, it's like... It's like wasabi. If you uh, have I'm loads of wasabi say, it's, on it's something... More like then... a stock, think of it like a stock cube. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like... If you had a pack of OXO and you put the entire thing into a stew, yeah, the thing would be virtually uneatable. Senseless waste as well. Yeah, but you know, if you had just the one, mm. it uh, gives you just the right concentration to add a little bit of additional flavour to your meals. A bit of zing. Yeah, and it is much the same with Marmite and Bovril. I might I've add. never had Bovril. I don't really understand Bovril. Well, Bovril, I mean, you can use it as a sandwich spread in much the same way as, oh, okay. as Marmite. And is it say, just, say, what's the difference? Does it taste the same? I think Bovril is made using beef extract. Oh, okay. Whereas Marmite's whereas Marmite is yeast something. extract. Okay, I think yeah. something something like that anyway. Did so I don't think this? Bovril's suitable for vegetarians. You just reminded me of this thing where someone was um, st- apparently if you stir Marmite for hours, it turns white. <laughs> fact, it's a, I think so. When you say stir it, like with well, whatever, just get a knife into the pot and just stir, stir, stir. Apparently, it starts to turn white. I'm trying that. <laughs> yeah, you said you were having trouble sleeping, so next well, time you trouble, <laughs> yeah, yeah, get there with your marmite pot, <laughs> just stirring away. Well, that'll do the trick. Hopefully. Yeah, let me know how that goes as well, because yeah, we can yeah. report back to people that. Are... Yeah, 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 yeah. Or maybe Mel can do it. Yeah, there you go. There Mel. you go. There's, here's a fun takeaway task for you this week. Yeah, yeah. You've now been, um, you know, recruited as a field reporter for words with Chris and Drew, Mel. Yeah. So. Thank you for the question, and uh, let you. us know your findings. Thank you, Agent Mel. Yes, Agent Mel, yeah. as you will now be called. Um, this is, I mean, the fact that we've spent three or four minutes talking about Marmite and Bovril at yeah. length. Have you enjoyed that? This is automatically my favourite episode. <laughs> Good. I'm really happy. I'm really glad about that. Um, all right. Um, this one, this one's good as well. This is from our guest from last week, Mr. Liam McFarlane. Ah, oh, hi Liam. Hey Liam, we loved having you, and hopefully great. we'll have you again one day. Um, he says, "What do you take for granted most in life?" I've got a good answer. Me, to this, me personally, or yeah, you personally. Um, or do you mean you, as in the general, or is no? I think I think people? he wants to know what you think personally. 
Um, probably my health, I guess. And I think that's probably the same for most people. Yeah. You don't really sort of appreciate the impact of not having it until, well, until you don't have until it. Until you don't basically. have it, yeah. Well, what about... As you well know. As, yeah, as well. Yeah, I do. Um, aside from, like, your health and, <clears throat> you know, things like your family and health and stuff like that, like a specific object or action or things like that, is there anything? Because I've got... My, what I was going to say is I... Because of last night when I was at the gig and I was standing up for two hours um, in a very crowded room so I couldn't move a lot um, when I left and finally got to sit down in, on the train I suddenly realised how much I take a good chair for granted <laughs> yeah yeah there is that isn't there yeah well I suppose the trip to Ibiza um, made me realise how much I take a comfortable bed for granted yeah oh god they, they were <laughs> they, they weren't great if we're they were terrible honest I mean I think they've been installed purely from the point of view that 99% of the people who go there are going to be absolutely bollocks <laughs> yeah. most of the time. And, and probably we'll just, sleep and in we'll, the shower. <laughs> yeah, and we'll just pass out. Yeah, yeah, that's but, true. You know, if, if you know, for whatever reason, you're not able to do that, mm. it becomes quite a mission. It becomes quite a challenge requiring yeah. creative solutions. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't just the fact you had me and Jason in the room as well? <laughs> that certainly did not help. <laughs> and oh, basically, yeah. I should point out to people... Um, Chris and Jason snore like absolute motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, I'm apologising for fuck all. Um, Can't help that. No, but... Once I'm asleep, my, I'm asleep. But my God, you know, when you have difficulty sleeping at the best of times, when you've got that racket going yeah. on about five feet away from you... How did, what did I describe Jason snoring as? Because, like, there was one night where it was particularly bad. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it was... Um, like a, it sounded like two rhinoceroses or whatever having sex in a bowl of crisp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was it. Yeah, and it was extremely apt. I felt. Yeah, made I'm perfect sense. I'm just going to put this out there. You're not much better, mate. You know. Well, I'd, you know. Get your own house in order. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But you know, I still I can still have a go at Jason. Yeah. There's nothing in the world that will stop me having a go at Jason. No, that is your right, I suppose. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going to say a comfy chair, and I'm going to say a comfortable bed. Cool. So comfort, basically. Um, Dan Cox. Hey, Dan. Hello, Dan. He he wants to know how how can he have arthritis in his back at the age of thirty seven. Good grief! And I'm going to straight away say, Dan, it's probably all the fucking um, you know times you've fallen off your bike or hurt yourself at one of our gigs, which we thank you for, um, because that is how we. I well, I personally rate how good our gigs are by how bad one of Dan's injuries are. Yeah, we do take it as a sign of affection. Yeah, exactly. So, and we know, appreciate it. I lot. would seriously recommend maybe finding a, another way to express Yeah. Express that. Because, we do. you know, going forward, I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, and I can, for, I can for one um, tell you that having back problems is uh, one of the worst things. This is an area in which you are something of an authority. Mm. So maybe maybe just I don't know. Every time you uh, come to one of our gigs from now on, Dan, uh, to show your appreciation, you could um, hug the person next to you. Yeah, that or, can't be bad for your back. Or throw your bowler hat into the air and shout "Bravo!" Or... Yeah, do that. I'd yeah. love that. Do that. As, we'll as provide is, as we'll, is the tradition. We'll provide Dan with a a uh, bowler hat every time he comes to a show. And Sweet. Sorted, mate. Don't worry about your back. We've we've fixed it for you. There you go. Yeah. 
Um, uh, who's next? Who is next? Um, Carl Smith. Hey, Carl. Why does Netflix think people can access? Oh, sorry. What is it? What have I? Why do they think people? Oh, I've wrote the question. (laughs) I am. Basically, the I've written it down wrong. But basically, the question was why do Netflix think that people don't know that you can access all other countries or whatever with a certain code or something? Is he he talking about proxy IPs? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is the quick answer? They do. They do clock onto it though. Do they? Yeah, because um, (laughs) I don't know if I should be saying this, but um, I got actually I won't say his name, but someone gave me the code mm. to swap mine from um, English to American Netflix uh, and uh, after a while basically something happened where my account went down and I ended up borrowing his which he had done the same thing and then he ta- he said um, yeah they've sent him something and it's like they've swapped it back again yeah and he can't access it again yeah so I think they do know yeah, I think <laughs> they just might be slow on the update <clears throat> yeah I think they've taken a while so Carl if you're doing this they're going to get you yeah, watch your back. They'll hunt you to the ends of the earth if they need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Which people don't fuck around. Basically. Yeah, like student loans. Yeah. <laughs> student loans, you know, are, you know, as as, as loans go, yeah. they are one of the least sort of destructive to have, I think. Yeah. I was referring to Mighty Boosh, oh. where they have um, the, the two guys. Oh, who is it? I think, oh yeah, Howard... It's been mm. running from student loans is the joke and then at the end these two blokes in suits turn up that's and like representing the student loans company yeah and they go he's like who are you and they're like student loans oh shit I must, have, like, I must have missed that episode I think it's season 3 ah uh, you see I didn't watch much of that one uh, it's a bit hit or miss some of season 3 that's the one where they're living in Shoreditch for no apparent reason in the reason. shop yeah 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 um, shouldn't have taken them out of the Zooniverse no, that was that pretty was, amazing. Yeah. Well, I did like season two, though, where they're living in the flat, because some of those episodes are my favourite. Like... Trouble is, I mean, replacing Bob Fossil with <laughs> Bolo was not a good move, I don't think. Well, Bolo was in it from in both. Yeah, but I mean, it's sort of like, you know, they've always, in series one, they're always four key characters. Yeah, so yeah. Vince, <clears throat> uh, Howard, Naboo, and Bob Fossil. They were always yeah. sort of the core of the thing. Yeah, I suppose you're right, actually. Bolo Whereas Bob more. Fossil, I think, only appears once in series two. Yeah, yeah. Which is He's, right he, at the end. He tends to, the guy tends to play other characters, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, anyway, we've gone off on a tangent. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, we'll move on. Um, well, yeah, if you hadn't figured that out by 19 episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I mean, you lot keep coming back. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I've got something else to talk about later. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People are loving it. Um, yeah, anyway, Rab McLennan. Hey, Rab. Um, if you were stuck in the middle of a desert, would you drink your own piss to survive? Um, I suppose I'd have to, wouldn't I? Really? Well, yeah. If I mean, it was, if it was a choice between drink your piss or die. Yeah, you're gonna drink the piss, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I'd put it off for as long as I felt I could manage, because obviously it's not something <laughs> I'm desperate to do. Yeah. Would you first try and you know harvest a cactus? Oh, well, if there was a cactus, the thing is, I don't, I don't, I don't know how. Do you not just? Cut the motherfucker open. I suspect there may be a more... I don't know, maybe there's more of a craft to it than that. There probably is, but I, if I had a knife or some kind of sword, I don't know why I would have a sword, but let's say I do, I'd straight away just try and cut one in half and see what came out. Mm. Well, you know, if that's if that's doable, I'd certainly, I'd certainly yeah. look into that. But don't you have to like treat it in some way so that it doesn't poison you? 
Oh, Aren't there like certain concentrations of cactus juice which you are might be right, really actually. bad for you? You might be right. Because isn't that's that's like something that um, happened. Do you remember the this the the um, spirited feature film in the late nineties, Beavis and Butthead Do America? Yes. And remember, there's a scene where they're stuck oh. in the desert. Yeah. They find a cactus and <clears> Beavis. <throat> then he start tripping out. He, yeah, he takes a massive chomp out of the cactus and he starts tripping balls like within yeah. within thirty seconds. <laughs> Basically. All right. Well, yeah. Maybe drinking your own piss is a bit safer in that respect. Well, at least I know where that's been. <laughs> yeah, you do. Basically. This kind of refers back to one of our other questions about Carl, which Carl Smith gave about recycling your piss or something. Does it now? Yeah. Oh, well, fancy that. Yeah. What is it? Oh, you mean another question from an old podcast? Which one? Oh, I can't remember the episode, but it was something to do with. Uh... Oh, that was it. It was about renting beer because we then. Uh, you only, yeah. Right, right, right. If we were literary people, we'd call that foreshadowing, wouldn't we? Yes. There we go. <laughs> but, but we're not. No. Far from it. Um, <clears throat> okay. Uh, Rab also had another question, and surprise, surprise, on, it's uh, food related. <laughs> um, would you eat lamb off of the bone or cut the meat off? Is there some reason you shouldn't eat lamb off the bone? I have no idea. I thought you could. Actually, why not? You can eat other meat off the bone, so... Yeah, 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 that's true. Um, it sounds to me like he's just asking, are you a, are you a fucking man or are you a pansy that's going to cut your meat off with a knife and fork? Well, the trouble is, you, when you, get, you go to a restaurant and you get lamb on the menu, yeah. some places take the piss, basically, because they give you what appears to be a very decent-sized portion of lamb. And most of it is like a shoulder bone or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And there's like a little bit of stringy meat sort of tied around it. Yeah. I mean, that, I find that extremely difficult to countenance, quite frankly. Mm. It's unacceptable. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm assuming that Rab, being the guy he is, he just cuts a lamb's leg off as it's alive and then just starts chomping down on it. I don't think he even bothers that. I think he just sort of opens, <laughs> opens wide. Gobbles it up in one go and that's it. Swallows the whole lamb. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for your question, Rob. I hope you're listening. Immediately sorry, but I need a. Oh, he's going for an early piss break. Yeah, so I've drunk that water too quickly. Alright, well, I'll just talk about the fact that we're really looking forward to Emma and James's wedding on Friday. Looking forward to seeing Sam tonight for his birthday. Um, Looking forward to playing. Our gig at Camden Rocks on Saturday, 6 o'clock, Block Bar, be there or be uncool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Got some good questions coming up. So, uh, oh yeah, actually this is what I can do to tantalise people that are listening, uh, just so you know what's coming up. We've got a question from George Venables, that's next. Uh, Julian, he's got a couple of questions. Um... Another one from Carl Smith. Scott Willis, a your question, which really made me laugh when I read it. Um, another one from Carl Smith. Uh, three questions from Adam McJarrett. And <clears throat> a very serious one from uh, Matt Raven. Those are the questions to come. <clears throat> so stick around. I think I can hear stirrings of Andrew. Yeah, I can. He has abluted his doings. Welcome back. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> what's next is a question from George Venables. Hey, George. Uh, he wants to know, <clears throat> why does his wee smell like sugar puffs? Don't know. Do you eat sugar puffs? George? George, are you there? Answers. Quickly. Do you eat the sugar puff? 
Well, yeah, that's sort of like an urban sort of myth, isn't it? Or well, I've heard other people say this. I have no idea why. I'll tell you the that one that would happen. I'll tell you one which is surprisingly accurate. Go on. Asparagus. I've heard this as well. Because I, I got given... Remember last week I mentioned the fact that I'd made some asparagus Oh, soup. yeah, yeah. Yeah, well... Didn't like, bring any again. You said you'd bring well, some. Well, that's because I ate it. Oh. That's what it's for. Yeah, but for me to eat too, surely. Yeah, well, yeah. It's easy. I'll give you the recipe. It's dead easy. All right. All you need is 400 grams of asparagus, an onion, okay. a stock cube, uh, some water and a blender. That's it. All right, cool. But food always tastes nicer when someone else has prepared it for you. So I think you should make a batch. And bring it to me. Okay. And then I'll make you some soup and bring it to you. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. What we'll do a of, soup kind of, trade. Oh, sweet. See, look, that's got soup you excited. Gate. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, what kind of soup do you make then? Well, I'm not going to tell you. It'll be a surprise. Yeah, okay. As long as it's not pea soup, I'll, I'll <laughs> murder you. No. Sugar, I actually will kill you. No, it'll be sugar puff soup. Oh, that sounds dreadful. Well, isn't that just basically sugar puffs in a bowl? <laughs> yeah, blended. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I guess. I guess... It's because you've been eating sugar puffs, George. Yeah, that's what we're going to say. That's, I mean, you've given us, you've furnished us with no extra information, so we're going to have to extrapolate mm. based on the fact. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to basically reverse engineer the question, aren't we? Well, yeah. We've started with a conclusion, and we have to like figure out the cause. Mm. So there you go. Maybe we'll do some more field research on that as well. Yeah. Not sure I, why. I, yeah. I won't. I don't like sugar puffs. Okay. I'll I'll buy some sugar puff, George, and tell you my findings. Um, <clears throat> okay, next question, um, Julian Bennett. Hey, Julian. Hey, Julian. All right, he's got two questions. First one is uh, gorilla or kid. I think he's referring to that incident at the zoo in Cincinnati, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, and I think everyone. Well, but we ought to go over it just in case anyone is in yeah. any doubt. Basically, a small child. Um, managed to wander into a gorilla enclosure at this zoo. Yeah. And in the course of events, the people at the zoo, the zoo people, decided that the only way to ensure the safety of the child was basically to shoot the gorilla. Yeah. Which is very sad. Which is Indeed. Not, not a good thing at all. No. Um, I mean, thing is, you know, I'm, I don't think many people are going to blame the child, really, are they? Because kids, no. kids. I mean, it's a very small kid. I mean, they're naturally yeah, curious, yeah. and they will get themselves into all sorts of pickles if you leave them. I read an article earlier on the subject of um, a zoologist that said they had worked with. Um, I think I saw the same. Yeah, though there's one doing the rounds, isn't there? Yeah, and basically, and they, she she pointed out that uh, the zoo staff, um, you know, pretty much played it by the book. Yeah, it's more about the the the. She, she said um, the point is that no zoo should there should be no zoo that has the like um, yeah the there shouldn't be a, there shouldn't that possibility should not ever yeah, be the fact, the fact should that never a small child was able to wander in yeah is, you have to uh, question this, you yeah, know yeah so the zoo will have to answer questions about how that was yeah. allowed to happen and they, this is the point I, my point is if you can't um, ensure that you know the safety of um, the customers, the visitors there, um, yeah. then you shouldn't really be running a zoo. Yes. And otherwise, animals get needlessly butchered. <laughs> yes, basically. But then, you know, yeah. I suppose the other the other factor which people are sort of talking about is why on earth was the child... Uh, why, why did the child's parents allow this to happen? Is the other yeah. question that's sort of being asked. Yeah, there is fingers to point. Yeah, so. they'll, have to, they'll have to answer that one, won't they? Exactly. 
Yeah. Uh, but you know, if, if it's a toss-up between the life of the small child or the gorilla, mm. well, that's... Uh, that's a... <laughs> is it bad that I'm saying it's a pickle? <laughs> Should I just... No, instance? I mean, it depends, it depends sort of how much affinity you feel for gorillas, I suppose, really, and yeah. how much ethical value you feel well, they the, have the, compared the, to a small child. Yeah, but this is the, 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 the how point... How much moral worth do they... Well, this is the thing, like, obviously that gorilla didn't want to be there in the first place, and it's been put in a situation where now it's been killed because of human error, so you're kind of, I'm kind of thinking, fuck zoos. Yeah. (laughs) Like, on principle, fuck zoos, really. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, animals... Animals aren't supposed to be kept captive. And bought dead. No. And made, uh, you know... Objects of it doesn't uh, matter how people dress it up and say, "Oh, this animal, yeah, it's looked after and all this." It's not supposed to be there. It's against nature, <laughs> so it's again nature. I'm not going to say like, "Yeah, the gorilla should have lived instead of the, the child or whatever." But I will say, "Fuck humans." Um, I think that applies most yeah. generally in every yeah, every basically, respect, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, his second question, slightly more light-hearted, is um, football or rugby? Oh well, I like both. I like both, but, but I, I much prefer football. I feel like I'm more invested in football. Yeah, I'm um, much more invested in football. Know. The rugby's the kind of thing when it was on, and to be honest, I've only ever watched international rugby. I've never, I don't even understand how. Never watched club rugby. Never. Um, I've watched like you know the Six Nations and the World Cup and stuff and things like that. And when it's on, I get sucked into it once I leave it on. Which, to be fair, there's quite a few sports where I don't. Well, seek it out to watch it but when it's on I get sucked in it's like when the Olympics is on suddenly yeah, in, suddenly, in, in, in <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes you suddenly become an expert on you've got a logs. union jack on your back and you're yeah. screaming at the TV you're like how did this even happen I don't even own a union jack Where the, where's this where did that come from yeah um, but no <clears throat> in Sebastian my opinion Co must have snuck in and left it there <laughs> alright in my opinion football's more exciting and yeah I know there's this well you know it's, it's exciting in, in a different way because it's a different game Mm-hmm. For me, I think it's just rugby's a bit too stop-start, and football's called the beautiful game for a reason. Yeah, there is more sort of free-flowing. I know there's this whole thing right. about you know, oh, footballers are a bunch of pansies and rugby players are hard and all this, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'd still much rather have like four minutes where a player's on the floor moaning about something than just watching a bunch of guys like do you not feel though it would headbutt each other do you not feel it would improve football if players didn't do that though? of course yeah but like it, unfortunately that is part of the game now but you know like I mean, this, is, this is one of the things that rugby does have over football is the video ref thing and I do think they should bring that into well, football well they've they've sort of started bringing it like, they, had it for, they? they had it for the world cup the touchline referee yeah but I mean that's not the same as in rugby they stop the clock some guy yeah. looks at the replay that was shown on the TV yeah. and then he gives a decision to the rep. And I don't see why you shouldn't have that in football because there'd be so well, I mean, much I think, less bullshit I if think that the, happened. The chief argument against it seems to be that... It would slow it down too It much. would interrupt the flow of the play. But yeah. I, mean, I, I think on the other hand, if you limited the number... Like, like cricket, in, in cricket and tennis and I think even in rugby... <laughs> What <laughs> cricket makes me? But the point is, in all in all of these, there's a limit to the number of times you can do a video challenge. Yeah. To prevent you know prevent the system from being abused and. Yeah, that's true. You know, and I don't think there's any reason why if there's a really big call, <clears throat> maybe they could sort of like introduce a two or three call limit per match. Yeah, maybe. Or even just even like per match, you only get two calls maybe each. So then yeah. you know you're going to get a maximum of four. 
But then I suppose the other problem is that if you're in stoppage time, I mean, imagine this, right? Mm. Jose Mourinho, United are one up, looking a little bit shaky. Yeah. And they've got the ball in like the opposing corner flag. Yeah. And then suddenly Jose decides he wants uh, a video judge. Well, yeah. yeah and you're, you're in the fifth minute of injury time. He wants to yeah, but with that, some minor Well, that's point. the thing. It shouldn't come down to the re- the uh, managers to decide. I think the ref should decide. Oh, well, listen, we, a need a, we need a video decision on this or whatever. Anyway, another football-related question from Carl Smith again. Um, he said, if um, Bromley had a football song, what would it be? What would it be called? And he wants us to sing the chorus. <laughs> Well, this is we haven't prepared anything. No, we haven't. Um, you should have let me know in advance. I'd have rustled something up. <laughs> oh, can you do that? I mean, who do you think writes the theme music for this one? Yeah, kids? exactly. I'll tell you what, Carl. <clears throat> if you can, for next week, prepare it. Prepare the Bromley, prepare the football, Bromley, anthem. The Bromley football anthem. That would be incredible. Well, maybe we should just ask Bromley FC if they've already got a song. Yeah, but I think he's talking about Bromley. The community had like a football song. Oh, right, Bromley. The, the Bromley social scene had its own yeah, football-like yeah, yeah. song, not, yeah, yeah. Uh, not a song not for Bromley club. FC. Right, no. sorry, I misunderstood. You up for that next week? Uh, yeah, sure, why not? You might have to help me with the words, though. All right, we'll come up with some words and call next Ironically, week. Ironically, words are not my strong point. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, yeah, Carl, we weren't really prepared for it, but we'll get back to you next week. Tune in, and um, yeah. we'll have a football-related thing for Bromley. Um, okay. Scott Willis hey Scott I like this question it made me laugh when I saw it he said um, if your head was made up of your favourite food how long do you think it would be before you gave yourself irreparable brain damage from sneaky cheeky nibbles of your tasty cranium it was the last bit I loved tasty cranium (laughs) and the sneaky cheeky nibbles well you know what is your favourite food first of all Ooh, I don't know if I have I don't know if I have a favourite well what's one of your favourites well, well lasagna just, surely yeah lasagna <laughs> let's say lasagna. let's say your head's made of a giant lasagna um, I mean everyone like it's just the same things as anyone nothing particular yeah. curry pasta let's go with lasagna because lasagna. it's a theme yeah okay well if I had a head made of lasagna how would I'd need something around my head to sort of support the lasagna wouldn't I I'd need your to have your head's like flopping about right, I'd need like a bowl or something or I'd, need a, I'd, need a, I'd need a plate on my neck no you'd need like one of those off. cones that you give dogs yeah like after operations yeah so yeah it's like... put the lasagna in that tie, tie it to my neck and, and cut some eye holes in the cone so you yeah, can see yeah. um, well then it's a, it's a matter of discipline then isn't it yeah really? yeah and I like to think that I don't have too much of a problem with discipline would you not like if you were really hungry and you were like oh it's a bit late to be cooking but just have a nibble from the side well no because I know it's a nibble from the side I'll never get back yeah I know but you know when you're desperate I think having a head made out of lasagna would put such concerns into perspective (laughs) that's what I'd like to imagine yeah you're right you're absolutely right the other issue is then that technically eating further lasagna I not my own head, but other lasagna yeah. would technically be an act of cannibalism at that point. <laughs> That's true as well. You know, so there are moral implications to be yeah, considered. There are. So uh, no, I think I think the other. I mean, the only real problem would be maybe preserving the. Uh, yeah, what lasagna. if other people try to eat your head? Well, I'd buy a big stick and hit them until they left. <laughs> until uh, they left. Until they left me alone. Yeah. yeah. And but you know. Lasagna eventually goes off. I mean, Have you been walking down the high street doing your shopping, followed by a group of hungry Italians? Yeah. Like... Hey Jan, I see you. <laughs> yeah, Jan with some binoculars yeah. up a tree, yeah. like spying on you. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, brilliant. You I like can that. run, but you can't hide. Man. Yeah, I like that question. Um, but then Jan doesn't like cheese, does he? No, he doesn't, to be fair. Is it a dislike of cheese or just um, a dietary thing? Or? I think, uh, initially, I think it was a dislike for cheese, but he's actually recently, um, it's become more of a dietary thing. Oh, so, fair enough. Well, I won't make fun of him then. No. <laughs> well, you've had issues with gluten, haven't you? Well, that's, that's, uncon- that's inconclusive, mm. as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, basically, I don't have celiac disease. That's so good. Therefore... Eating gluten should not really be yeah. a problem. I think avoiding diseases is a good thing. Yeah, unfortunately, celiac disease is something you don't. There's not really much you can do to avoid it. It's just a condition you either have or you don't, basically. Yeah. And unfortunately, some very unfortunate people do. Yeah. Like you said, you've either got it or you haven't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I think with a slightly different emphasis on this one. Yeah. Um, Carl Smith had another one this is, a, this is a bit of a stirring question I think he said are people who ask questions on Facebook needy or social what sort of questions well he, he, he's asking it on this podcast which is a podcast of questions that people put to us um, I'm going to instantly say social because one thing I'm going to point out that I like about this podcast and I didn't actually expect to come from it is asking people for questions and it being posted on Facebook means that other people start interacting with each other about their questions. It's a very interactive platform, this, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and I like that. And I didn't really expect it at first. Like, I thought it was just going to be, you know, people posting the questions, we ask them, answer them, sorry, and then that's it. But people were, like, actually conversing and laughing about other people's questions. Like, that is a... I like that aspect of it. So it's I'm going to say social, not needy. together. Yeah. Yeah. Needy would be someone that would, like, asking us questions every week, being like, oh, guys, what should I have for breakfast today? And... Every week asking us questions about what they should that, that would come across as needy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's ever asked us a question that suggests they need our affirmation in some way. No, don't no. They? So, based purely on our own data, we've got to come to the assumption that people yeah. that ask questions on Facebook are social. Maybe there should be a meta analysis of other podcasts and their findings, though. Maybe. Because yes. This is something that George Grimwood would enjoy. Because I'm, I, I mean, I, I do sort of, I'm not a big podcast person, but I do occasionally find some others. And yeah. They have a similar format to ours. Mm. And there are questions asked by someone who, some, it's very obvious from the qu- nature of the question that they need validation or affirmation on some level, you know. Yeah. It's just that we haven't, the fact that we haven't encountered it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, maybe I think that's because no one cares about our opinion. Enough. Well, maybe this is... Yeah, George Grimwood. <laughs> or I've, trust our here's opinion. Thing. Go on. Would you be up for doing a podcast in well, which is a meta-analysis of the kinds of questions that you get in podcasts and all sorts of... Um, he would love yeah. that. And... Yeah, that wasn't a serious suggestion. Well, we should anyway. Okay. I've... Um, <laughs> I actually said to George if he wanted he could come on to the podcast for our last one next week and like you know just give people an idea about what he's trying to achieve and what he's doing and the work he does because he works very hard yeah it's a um, one man show right now pretty much and yeah I'm going to just say again if anyone is interested in getting involved in the podcast world George is the man to speak to yep so um don't hesitate to... Uh, yep. And if you're worried that you might not be good enough, he let a bunch of chumps like us onto his network. So, frankly, <laughs> yeah. I think anyone can do it. Yeah, exactly that. Talking uh, talking like we're like the big cheese in the podcast <laughs> world now. Yeah. Well, 
Thank you, George. Anyway. Cheers, George. Right, next question. Adam Mac Jarrett. Hey. He's got three questions. Um, so the first one being, he wants to know what you would get up to if you were invincible. As in indestructible? I, I believe so, yeah. Um, well. There's a lot more things you could, uh, well, invincible. Things you could, well, you could, in theory, get away with anything, couldn't you? Yeah. Which is a worry. Because even, even if you did something that was against the law and you went to prison, you could still get out of prison by, <laughs> you know. Is it possible to be a moral agent without yeah. consequences? This is true. Well, with, with, in the absence of consequences of your actions, can you be a moral agent? Yeah, that's a very good point. I think if you were invincible, then, you know, you're... That would deteriorate somewhat, I think, over time. Yeah. Realising the power you had, you know, could be a burden, could be a curse. Yeah, it could be a terrible burden. I mean, you know, Superman is almost invincible. Mm. But, you know, much of the drama, I suppose, in Superman and that sort of stuff is based on the fact that he doesn't have to be a moral agent. And he does. And yet so he chooses to be. Credit, some. credit to Superman. Though. Yeah, well done, Superman. <laughs> You're an inspiration to all of us. Yeah, we'll yeah. have him on the podcast. At yeah, one point. and uh, we know you're American, but as far as we're concerned, you can be an honorary Brit anytime you like. Yeah, there yeah. you go, Superman. There we go. Special relationship right there. <laughs> Uncle Sam and John Bull working together <laughs> for a better world. Awesome. Good answer. Yeah. All right. Um, the second question was: If you plant an acorn upside down, does does a tree go down, <laughs> downwards? <laughs> Again, we need some feed, field research done. Uh, I don't know why, but that made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> That's really tickled you, Adam. Uh, I just, just want to say, uh, congratulations! <laughs> you've made Andrew laugh the most I've seen him laugh in probably about a year, <laughs> just from that question. Uh, why has that tickled you so much? I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's just, it's just the simple absurdity of the question I quite like. Yeah. You know. It's great. <laughs> Adam, uh, what have you done? You've broken yeah. Andrew. Um, I don't know, actually. Should we test it? Well, does it... I don't think it would. I, it, it wouldn't? It Come wouldn't. on. <laughs> no. Because, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, like, acorns fall out of trees, right? Yes. And then they end up getting planted. And yeah, yeah. Not all of them are going to land the right way up, are they? No. So you'd have this known phenomenon of trees being upside down. Yeah, which makes... Mind you, mind you, I seem to recall about 12 years ago, 15, 13, well, something like that, 12 or 13 years ago, yeah. one of the entries for the Turner Prize was someone who went around basically uprooting trees and then replanting them upside down. Why? Because it was the Turner Prize. Right. That's kind of the sort of things that they do. That's bizarre. But you can imagine, like, the the um, conversation with the woodsmen or the tree surgeons I want you to take these I'm an artist mm. I want you to take these trees out and put them upside down what the fuck for? <laughs> yeah because I'm an artist didn't you listen? yeah but surely if a tree's planted upside down you're not going to see it anyway well you see, you're just see well, no, you see, you see the roots out. sticking out yeah, so what you've created is a bunch of raggedy-looking bushes. I don't know. I mean, I assume that probably kills the tree doing that. Well, it can't get any light. It can't. Well, can it photosynthesize through its underground? Roots? Though I don't know. It I thought no. That comes through the leaves, doesn't it? it I, I'm sure that what photosynthesis doesn't yes. it? Yeah. It, but yeah, so if they're underground, is... they can't get any light. 
well. Tree did. So, yeah. Uh, for your own monstrous artistic ego, you've gone around murdering a bunch of trees. Yeah, well done. Whoever you were. I can't remember yeah. your name. Senseless waste. Yeah. Um, Be nice to trees, folks. They, yeah. let you, they let you breathe. Yeah. And Andrew's an honorary member of the family, so... Ah, yeah, very, very good. Well done. So you're you're basically a tree that's been planted upside down. <laughs> why why upside tree? down? Because we call you the dying tree because you have the frame of a dying tree. So yeah. if the if the <laughs> you see what I'm getting at? No, you do. You just no. don't care to comment or admit. But I'm not upside down though. No, but you know you, you you get what I'm saying. You're like a cousin of a, an upside down tree. Then I see. You share characteristics. Lucky me. People know this. Um, all right. His next question. Um, Sorry, he has four questions. Bloody I just hell. remembered. But they're both the next two are both very good as well. Um why is it the older people get the higher their trousers get? Is it just like our parents' generation that's doing this, or is this or is this sort of something that happens across the board with old people? No matter what generation. Well you they do are. see you do see a lot of um older gentlemen with uh Is it know, just to do something to do with like the weight, obviously, as you get older, the shape of your waistline changes, doesn't it? Yeah, it's almost like they and find you have it have, more comfortable. You have to, to wear trousers with a different cut to them, I guess. I reckon it's because when you get older, you start to grow the capital D, the belly. Yeah. So it probably feels more comfortable to wear them like on your belly mm. than like tucking it underneath your your D. Well, that's kind of not what your I, dick. Well, your, I mean, capital D. I mean, a Darb, Darby Kelly. Do we know anyone who understands like fashion or? Fashion e- for Emma, you. Emma Chana, she's a fashionista. Okay, well, Emma, if you um, do you know anything about the fashion for the elderly gentleman? Yeah, trouser fashion for the elderly gentleman. Yeah, I'll um, I'll, I'll if she doesn't listen to this, I'll make sure she uh, gives us some input on that. Yeah, yeah, because this is a talking point. I think I think so as well. Yeah, thank you for that, Adam. Um, well, <laughs> I love this as well. Um, he also said if Instagram and Facebook got shut down. Do you think hipsters and health nuts would just fax people pictures of their lunch? <laughs> to be honest, I'm surprised they're not already doing it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I that... love the idea of receiving a fax. Because he even made a point which on um, well, the podcast was like, you get in, you're like busy at the office and you get a fax, like, oh, important fax, and then it was like... Someone's lunch. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, with hipsters, there's this sort of strange veneration of um, obsolete technology, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. So the fact that they're not already faxing—you're right, you know. People is actually something of a mystery. Because you get the ones that walk around wearing like Nintendo necklaces. Yeah, in spite of the fact that you know the NES was discontinued. Yeah, it's like, like it's years cool. before they were even born. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like—I like, mean, I saw a kid the other day walking around with a Game Boy backpack. Yeah, and it's like the kid couldn't have been any older than seven or eight. And it's yeah. like you've never held a Game Boy. <laughs> You don't understand. You will never be one of us. <laughs> no. Did you Did you tell him? Uh, no. Oh. No, no. I just sort of went home and seethed about it impotently. <laughs> um, Fair enough. But yeah, they should be really, shouldn't they? Using fax machines and like, you know, yeah, all having Nokia riding, 3210s and Riding things. penny farthing bicycles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. Dre- dressing like a Victorian chimney Yeah, sweep. so basically, until I see a guy riding a penny farthing... 
using a you know a thirty two ten or even not that even one of them really old you know Baker like phones with oh, the bloody that. carrier pigeons <laughs> using carrier pigeons to send their messages to people rather than text yeah. then you're not a true hipster so no. stop it well even even that I mean I mean fax why I think fax is sort of entry level hipsterdom. Mm. They should be telegramming each other descriptions of their yeah. lunch. Morse code. Yes. Boiled beef and carrot. Boiled beef and carrots. Stop. <laughs> Very tasty. Stop. Yeah. See, that would be... I, I'd, Hashtag I'd... food goals. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. That would be great, wouldn't it? Um, all right, this is the... Uh, I believe this is the final question. Oh, my God. Yes, final is that question. time already? It is. We've burn through this lot well we could um, talk about this I've, I feel like this could go on a bit um, this is a good point from Matt Raven hey, hey he wants to know do you think films and computer games are responsible for increased violence or Ooh. has the violence always been there and the media have created a perceived uh, what does that word say a perceived increase, sorry, to suit a dramatic narrative that sells more news media. Well, this has been, you know, a question mm. that's been asked. For, I just want to say this quickly. I can remember, actually. First thing is um, video games and films deliberately have um, ratings on them. This so is true. This if is true. A, you can't, a kid cannot go out and buy Grand Theft Auto, for example, without a parent there. So, yes... Obviously, responsibility lies with parents. That's the mo- That's like you know the official response to this. I think. Yeah. Well, this is this is the thing. I mean, I think the argument goes something like that: most of the population, when exposed to violent media, will be able to deal with it and process it in a healthy way. Yeah. They may be disturbed by it or not, or entertained by it, but it won't have any obvious. It may not, I should say, have any obvious sort of impact on their you no. know behaviour yeah although I'm sure someone can probably cite examples of research where there has been a connection between the two I don't know that's uh, an area I think for social psychologists yeah perhaps to, to look at but the thing is I think the argument goes that because there is a small uh, a small proportion of the population whose behaviour will be negatively affected by violent media does do the purveyors of these things like violent games and violent films and violent music with whom does the responsibility lie in order to prevent this media from reaching these people yeah is it with the people who make the media themselves should they stop producing this media at all Mm -hmm. for this reason or should the industry have some sort of self-regulating thing, which I think the video game industry does and the film industry does? Yeah. Um, or is it, you know, bearing in mind that not all of the people who are going to be negatively affected by violent media, bear in mind not all of them are children. No. You know, it's not just a matter of parental choice. No, either, that's true. That's true. So I'll give you that. So the question is, <clears throat> where does the buck stop, really? Yeah. Well, I've seen. I mean, this is obviously. You know, take what you want from it, but I've seen um, you know articles before saying that games like Grand Theft Auto, uh, in a way, actually reduce the risk of someone going out and doing something horrendous mm. because 
in a way it's a more positive way of you know exercising their demons do you mean in in the sense that it provides a sort of safe environment in which to basically it's it's the same way as you get like you know some you have like uh boxing classes that younger kids take and it's a way it's a more healthy way of yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that, to be honest with you. Well, no, I mean, I don't, I mean, yeah. like, in a, I mean, I don't mean, like, in a sordid way, like, people, like, kids being taught up, yeah, like, yeah, brought yeah. up to fight. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Pe- like, there's been, I've seen things before where, like, kids have been, like, troubled and, you know, problem kids and things like that, and they end up getting into boxing, and it's more of a, it's kind of helped them, in a way, because they're in a secure environment, you know, letting out whatever they need to. And they're not going out on the street and causing trouble and starting fights and things like that. So that's kind of what I mean by, you know, it could be the same with films as well, I suppose. Mm. <clears throat> I know what you mean. I mean, but it's that thing, isn't it? It's like the one person that ruins it for the hundred. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Do, does the, do the considerations of that one person outweigh mm. the the majority? Is a uh, hundred people question, could watch could watch Saw, and be and you know 99 of them are just going to see like a oh, great film and whatever and it's there'll be one film, is it? whatever <laughs> I'm using it as an example let's not get into a film argument right. again no um, and there'll be one person that it affects like you said in a completely negative way and probably not in the way that the makers of the film intended no I suppose not um, but then you know doesn't matter what happens in life there's always going to be a nutter yeah, but then do you think artists perhaps have to sort of take some level of accountability for what happens when their work well, again, reaches the public domain? This is the whole thing again, like with music, like with like Marilyn Manson and was a yeah. candidate for this. Like people saying, like, well, he writes this and writes that, and then obviously his argument, I think, was the same as what I said at the start. You know, like I, it's there and it's you know your children or people of a certain age shouldn't have it anyway and it's your responsibility as a parent not mine as an artist to make sure they don't yeah but do not these, but not like, all people consuming this media are going to be children though yeah and yeah, they won't necessarily have a parental figure who's going to prevent this from happening i mean i suppose another thing is really well, i mean that, you sorry go on i suppose another consideration really is that the artists are always inevitably going to say well a certain amount of violence is going to be necessary for me to make this piece of art. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, this is and, what I was about and, and to And the say, other question right? is, like, where do you draw the line between what's plainly gratuitous mm. and what is necessary? Yeah. You know, I mean, like... <clears throat> I mean, I mean, I mean we, there's in that sort of... I mean, I think this argument is more to do with video games. That particular argument applies more to video games than movies. Yeah, it? I think so, yeah. You know, because... She, Video games have sold themselves on shock value for as long as I can remember. Certainly. I mean, I remember the fuck. I mean, yeah, remember when Mortal Kombat One came out? Yeah. Do you yeah. remember the fuss that was made about oh, that yeah, at the yeah. time? My God, it was like the end of the world. Mm. But you look at it now, and it seems really quaint and really twee. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Compared to what some games yeah. are like now, and I think there are definitely creative types, and there are definitely people in these creative industries who deliberately include gratuitous levels of violence because they know it's a ton of free PR for themselves. Yeah, I mean, a couple true. of year or so ago, this game called Hatred came out. Okay. Which, for my money, is a particularly unpleasant game. Right. It's basically, you know how, usually in America, you get these spree shooters. Oh, yeah. Angry loners who 
yeah. for reasons no one can really figure out, decide that they need to go and kill a lot of people and then kill themselves. Yeah. That was the game, basically. Yeah, that's... It's, it's an isometric okay, yeah, shooting I see, game I see where basically point, yeah. you're an angry loner who mm. basically decides to go and murder as many people as he possibly can. And yeah. for me, you know, I, I never played the game, didn't much care to, to no, be perfectly no. honest with you. But, you know, clearly whoever was behind the game and whoever was releasing it shock. It's like shock must have known that, that, you know, in terms of PR, it would practically sell itself. Yeah. And the question then is, is it responsible to court that level of controversy when you know that one person in 10,000 or whatever might think, oh, actually, that's a good idea. Yeah, no, that's that's right. You know. Yeah. Well done, um, Matt. Well, I suppose the thing it is... It was a serious question. I suppose the thing is that you've got to maybe... I don't think it's necessarily... I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to ask these questions of creative types. Because on no. the other side of the coin, whenever this kind of question comes up, creative types tend to instinctively say, well, it's my freedom of speech is is protected and therefore yeah. this conversation therefore we shouldn't have this conversation but I yeah. think it would be better actually if more creative people maybe were willing to sort of answer these questions yeah at least you know do you, do you know what I mean yeah because I mean at least then at least they can they can like you know explain where they're coming yeah. from I suppose as to someone because I remember seeing a TV interview um, and it was Channel 4 News, and I can't think of the bloke's name, TV, uh, Channel 4 News presenter, Krishnan something Murphy. Yeah, I think I know who you mean. He was interviewing uh, Quentin Tarantino, and he he did bring up the whole sort of, you know, the violence in movies thing, and I think what he particularly, the charge he particularly leveled at Tarantino was that his films fetishise violence. Right, in a yeah. way which I think is actually a fair point actually because as much as I like you know Reservoir Dogs and um, Pulp Fiction and, and mm. whatnot, the violence in a lot of his movies is sort of made to seem stylish yeah. and particularly in Kill Bill you know well yeah and I think there is maybe a moral case possibly to be made there I mean I wouldn't I certainly would not advocate stopping Quentin Tarantino from making his films no because I think you know, he does make good films a lot yeah. of the time. But on the other side of that, I think when he gets asked these questions, his reaction should not be the reaction he had in that interview, mm. which was basically, essentially, if you carry on with this line of questioning, I'm ending the interview here. Right, yeah. And that, I think, is extremely counterproductive because, you know, he's not... You know, when a journalist asks you that, it's not necessarily, it shouldn't necessarily be perceived as an attack or an accusation. No. The way I think it's better to perceive it is this person is giving you a chance to state, make your case publicly. Yeah. You know, and I think it was disappointing that he didn't do that. I mean, maybe it's because in the last 20 years or so, he's had to defend his films on that point to the point. Yeah, maybe. to, To the extent that he's now completely exhausted of it. Yeah, maybe. But, but all the same, you know. But if the thing is, that's the thing. If you're the kind of person that makes them sort of things, you have to expect that level of. Um... Yeah. But I think this is something in, you know, because we play in a metal band. Mm. I think the metal world at some point is going to have to start answering questions about this. Yeah. And I think the the problem <clears throat> is that. I don't think that necessarily invokes any sort of kind of censorship or anything like that. It's more that whenever 
you know you get violent metal image, uh, violent metal lyrics and some of them you know if you listen to bands like Cannibal Corpse and whatnot and what's that song you like uh, band you like Infant Annihilator <laughs> yeah you know you, I mean you can make the argument that the lyrics for the most part are utterly unintelligible yeah but you know does that necessarily detract from the fact that you're reducing serious instances of human suffering and degradation to sort of really, really sort of base titillation for the sake yeah, of automatic no, controversy? It, I think that's a question that needs to be asked. In a way, and it does. Frus- it. And it frustrates me that so few bands with violent lyrics are willing to sort of have that conversation. Yeah, I think yeah. they tend to avoid it. And I don't think that's helpful for them or their art. Yeah, fair enough. I've talked far too long about this. So. No, that was good. See, we've uh, we've um, actually debated and, you know, that was good, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Matt did say to me, like, oh, like, I'll give you a serious question. Well, there you I think go. he saw a lot of questions about eating your own head and drinking your own piss, so... Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, yeah. we also enjoy answering. Um, anyway, that's it for the question. So it's time for Andrew's shit joke of the week. Pardon? Sorry? Pardon? Oh, no, go on, mate. What? You uh, added an extra ah, an extra uh, word there, didn't you? <laughs> you? You need to get some sleep, mate. Come on. Yeah, come on. Do you want to... Sorry, I've, I've completed this track where we are. Could you repeat the intro, please? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, it's time for Andrew's of uh, <clears throat> the week. What of the week? The You know... Did you not like the last joke then? What? Did you not like the last week's joke? <laughs> I didn't say anything about not liking a joke. Mm, I see. Can't wait. Oh, good. Well, yeah. well, you keep asking for them, so... I know, right? Glutton for punishment. No. Go on, mate. So, once upon a time, there was a bloke. Yep. And uh, this bloke, this bloke, um, you know, he worked for... Uh, yeah, he worked for a bus company. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, basically got on the buses, checked people's tickets, make sure they pay the right money, and occasionally sure. helped them out if they weren't sure what stop to go to, and all those sorts of things, you know. Sure, sure. And um, but the trouble is, you know, times times were rough. His, his wife was not able to work at the time. Okay. And you know, the pair of them were sort of getting by on his. Uh, on his things, on his on his uh, wages from from the bus company, yeah. but uh, which you know, which they could have done maybe, but unfortunately they were also sort of left with a mountain of debt mm. after the death of one of their parents, wow. basically, who had owed lots of people a lot of money. Okay, and times were getting seriously bad. Right, you know, really, really, really bad. So uh, one day he gets home from work, and uh, I have dinner. And, you know, basically, they've got uh, spaghetti for dinner. Just dry spaghetti. Not even cooked? Not, well, cooked. <laughs> it's cooked, but you know what I mean? No, uh, no sauce. Oh, no, okay, yeah, no, yeah. no bolognese, no... Damn. No nothing. That just is bleak. Just spaghetti. Ugh. And, so, well, the guy says, we need to do something about this wife. And she says, I agree, husband. Mm. Well, the good news is, I've got a cunning plan. You have you now, wife. I have indeed, husband. Mm. Um, it's not strictly legal, but I think 
given the circumstances, it's desperation. Really, you know, you got to do it's what you the only. Do. It's it's the only way. It's either this or we're on the street. Yeah. Well, this is it then. What we're gonna do? Well, for the next month, every uh, every ten p that's found in your wage that you get in your wage packet. For every ten p, I want you to take one penny out of the driver's tra- change drawer. Ooh. And he said, "Oh, I don't know about that." I was pushing she, the he said, Yo. "He said that's basically stealing ten percent of my wage packet, mm. an extra ten percent." And she said, "Yeah, but look at it this way. You know, each time you do it, it'll be such a small amount that they won't. It'll be imperceptible." Mm. And he says, oh, "Okay, you've got a point there." So this goes on for about a month, mm. and nothing's happened. You know, the authorities are none the wiser. None the wiser. And uh, next month. She says, great work, husband. Oh, she's but, not going to ask him to bump it up, is she? Well, we, you know, times are hard. Oh, she's getting you know, greedy, The bail- bailiffs were around earlier. Mm. Student know, loans. Them too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we haven't got much, but they were eyeing the floorboards. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and we've got copper pipes in the house. I think they might yeah. try and make off with those. Oh, Jesus. You need to keep all the floorboards you can for when the EU, yeah. if we leave the EU. Remember? Yeah. Well, exactly, yes, they'll, they'll be all nicked, won't they? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so she says, husband, this month, for every 10p you make, I want you to take not 1p, but 2p from the driver's change drawer. Mm. We're raising the stakes here, wife. This could, be, this could be a problem. We're now talking about a fifth, creaming off an extra fifth, an extra 20% on my wage packet. It's the only way. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Dangerous game. So he does it, and he's, but he's more circumspect about it now, you know, because obviously it's a bigger amount of money. Someone might notice. Yeah. When you know, obviously when they cash up at the end of the day, mm. something's amiss. But uh, inexplicably, nothing happens. Okay, he's you got know? away with it, and he's got away with it again, and he's you know can't believe his luck. So, well, this is great. Okay, good, 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 good. Well, hopefully that'll be the end to it. Mm, no more spaghetti for dinner. No, you know, no. So, uh, next month, month comes to the end. The wife says, well, this is, this is going well, husband. Mm. Thank you, wife. <laughs> I like the way they refer to each other as wife. And well, they've been married so long, they've forgotten each other's actual names. <laughs> All right, basically. Yeah. And so she says, well, Here's the thing, you know, we can keep this up, but if next month you take not 1p, not 2p, but 3p, Jesus, we'll be able to stop eating spaghetti for dinner every night. Can you imagine that? Lasagna's all round. Untold luxury. But only if you take not 1p, not 2p, but 3p for every 10p you make. Okay. All right, let's do it. But of course, now that he's had two successful months of this, he's feeling emboldened. He's feeling more confident and more brazen about it. Yeah. And he succeeds. And again, they don't pick it up. Where is this going to end? Well, quite. Absolutely. <laughs> she says, the wife says, well, this is great. Okay. We've nearly paid off, um, paid off the floorboards that we had to borrow money to buy. Yeah. But we can only do it if you cream off not 1p, not 2p, not 3p, but 4p for every 10p you make. 
This goes, we're raising the stakes every month now, wife. How long can this go on? As long as it needs to, husband. <laughs> okay. Are you willing to make the hard decisions necessary? Says, well, I suppose so. Again, he's successful. Can't believe his luck. Well, quite. And uh, but you know, have you ever heard of the gambler's fallacy? Mm, uh, rings a bell. The gambler's fallacy is the psychological phenomenon whereby people who are in gambling situations are either carry on gambling with no success whatsoever in the mistaken belief that a winning streak is just around the corner, mm-hmm. or that a winning streak will continue indefinitely. Right. And they're right in the middle of that, basically. Yeah. Mired in it. Yeah. In Up the their knees in it. And um, so she says, next month, husband, we're going to go for it. If you can take an extra, not 1p, not 2p, not 3p, not 4p, but 5p for every 10p you earn, next week, next month we'll be able to buy a car. Jesus. Oh, wow. Can you imagine that? I get to drive to work. Wouldn't that be nice, husband? Mm. Certainly would, wife. <laughs> yeah. And by this point, they're just out of control. You know, they're emboldened by it and punch drunk with success. And eventually, it gets to the point where they are basically doubling his monthly pay packet. Yeah. Because they've now got to the point where they're taking, for every 10p he earns, taking another 10p. Yeah. Like, wow, this is incredible. He's in su- he feels like it's such a rush. Mm. from basically uh, stealing embezzling this money yeah. in this way but one day he's caught oh, with no. it, literally with his hand in the till oh shit and uh, then they go back over the books for the last few months mm. and they see this trail of increasing increments of what increasing discrepancies over the last few months yeah. between his shift and cashing out at the end of the day oh, he's been rumbled he's been rumbled it's game over fuck and uh, so this is, uh, I should also point out that the setting for this joke is a dystopian, uh, well, a futuristic dystopia where there's an authoritarian government or some bullshit that I just made up. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and they take him to the local, local county prosecutor. Okay. Because that's how it works in the future, apparently. Yep. And after a five minute trial, he says, death by electrocution. No oh, fuck. So they do that. They kill him? No. Oh. He walks away from it. What? Yes. Imagine that. <laughs> I can barely. By and home, right? And the county county prosecutor said, I don't believe this. I don't, mm. This has never happened before. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. Nothing happens. Shit. So, right. Let's send this up the chain then. Yep. So, you know, they take it, they make it a national thing. Mm. And the national, the highest court in the land. Yeah. So, okay, what's this guy done then? Says, he was caught red-handed, stealing not 1p, not 2p, not 3p, so on and so forth. Mm. But 10p for every 10p he earned. Well, the filthy embezzling swine. Let's electrocute the bastard. Again, same result. This guy's invincible. So answers Adam's question well, you quite, can get up to. Yeah. Gross embezzlement, Adam, there's the yeah, answer. Yeah. That's what I'd do. Uh, no, I wouldn't really. Um, so, right, well, this is clearly, this situation is clearly untenable. Mm. 
we're going to take this up to the UN. Fuck. Yeah, and also obviously the UN officially opposes the death penalty, I think. Or maybe it doesn't, I don't know, mm-hmm. in our time. But uh, obviously <laughs> in this, in this, uh, in this post-apocalyptic yeah. dystopian nightmare, it yeah. now stands for what now the UN now stands for ultimate nightmare okay and it's uh, <laughs> it's a shadowy cabal of uh, fat cats and power brokers and mm. who rule the world from the shadows or some bullshit <laughs> and they say right what's this idiot done yeah embezzlement mm. dear emperor because the boss of the ultra nightmare is uh, ultimate nightmare is an emperor for some reason okay right I've got it and uh, why, so why have you sent this up to me? Why, why have you not electrocuted him already? We mm. tried, sir, but uh, didn't work. What? Are you serious? Yeah, it didn't work. Did you try again? I said, well, yes, several times. Even, even on a national... We sent him to the highest court in our own country. Didn't work. Use the best electric. Yeah, use the best electric. It's a premium brand electricity. <laughs> yeah. uh, but nothing. No. Yeah. Hmm. This is a problem. Right, well, we're in luck. We'll, we'll electrocute him. Mm. But uh, we're in luck because we've just had a new electrocution device installed okay. in, in, the dun- in the dungeon. Oh, in the right. ultimate nightmare dungeon. <laughs> okay. That'll teach him. Yeah. So, well, is it, is it good? Oh, is it good? Is it good? It's 1.21 gigawatts. Fuck. Yeah, that'll, that'll that sounds like out. a lot. <laughs> oh, that's enough. It's more mm. than enough. It's plenty. Right. This will fix you. So they zap him with 1.21 gigawatts. Mm. Nothing happens. What's going on here? He says, right, well, if it's all the same to you lot, I'm just going to go about my business. And then the emperor of the ultimate nightmare says, all right, I give up. What's your secret? How, how, why is, are these electrocution techniques not working on you? And he says, it's easy. I'm a conductor. <laughs> oh, that was good. You like that one? I did like that one, yeah. I take back what I didn't say at the beginning of the joke. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't have to slap you. <laughs> that was good. I like the ultimate nightmare. I just made that up. Yeah. I also like the, the wife and husband thing. Did you ever watch Pogles Wood? What? Pogles Wood? No, no, no. no. It was a show on, uh, well, my mum used to watch it when she was a kid, and it was in a programme called Watch With Mother. Uh, oh, I remember Watch With Mother. Yeah, and I, don't, I remember it being rerun, I should say. Yeah, Pogles Wood was one of the shows that was on that featured, and they, the, they used to call each other husband and wife, so it took me back. No, there you go. Back, yeah. A nice nostalgia trip for you there. Indeed. Um, I'm pretty happy with this episode. I think it's been all right, hasn't it? I think it's flowed like a, a river yeah. of some description. Um, yeah, so... It's flowed like a rapper dropping bars like he's in the zone. Fuck. <laughs> it's flowed like George Venable's sugar puff piss. Um, yeah, I don't know what that was. I can't improve on that. No. Um, <laughs> right, that has been uh, episode 19. Well done. Yeah, 19, not 9. Um, season 2. Uh, one more to go, and then there'll be another break. Wow. Parting is such sweet sorrow. But yeah, thank you for all the questions again. Keep them coming for our final episode of the season. The series finale next yes, time. next week. We may have George Grimwood with us or not. I'll have to check if he's available. Busy guy. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks again. Hope you've enjoyed it. And um, we love you all. Yeah. Peace and love and that sort of thing. Indeed. Well done.